Welcome to 1514, a podcast of the Biblical Counseling Coalition. 1514 draws its name from Romans 1514, where the Apostle Paul encourages the church that they are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to counsel one another. I'm your host and the executive director of the BCC, Dr. Curtis Solomon, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Thank you for joining us for this episode of 1514. It is a delight to have you as part of our audience. The drop date for this episode is October 1st of 2022, which is the Saturday of the CCEF National Conference in 2022. That's the Christian Counseling and Educational Foundations National Conference. And it's right before the ACBC National Conference, which is the Conference for the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors. The BCC will have team members at both of those conferences, including myself. So we would love to see you. Please swing by our booth and tell us hello, uh, take a picture with us and share something encouraging from our ministry to our team. They would really appreciate that. If you see me, please stop me, say hello. I'd love to meet you and, and greet you and hear how the Lord is working in your life and in your ministry. Today's episode is one in the series that we are doing on regional networks. So I'm interviewing Matt Dodson, who is the founder of the Houston Area Biblical Counseling Network. And he's going to talk about that, that network, how he founded it, what led him to do that and some of the benefits of of having a regional network like that. We're doing this series because we are launching an initiative in our Unite Local, Unite Global initiative called Regional Biblical Counselor Networks, where we are coming alongside existing networks and just trying to offer best practices, support, encouragement, resources to, to spur on those existing regional networks. And then where there are not existing regional networks, we are trying to help find people who can establish them so that they can benefit from the relationship of having other biblical counselors in their geographic location who they can get together with periodically, maybe do some training, some sharpening, some equipping, but also encouraging and praying for and sharing resources with one another. We see the value of relationships so much at the BCC, and one of our primary things is driving unity through relationship, and we want to bring that to the local level through regional biblical counselor networks. If you're interested in finding out more about that, you can contact us at podcast at biblicalcc.org, and we'll get you in touch with somebody from our team to give you more information about those. Hope to see you at the conferences. Hope you enjoy today's episode and look forward to connecting with you in the future. Well, Matt Dodson, thanks so much for joining us on 1514 today. Could you go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience? Sure. My name is Matt Dodson. I am actually, I live in Sugarland, Texas. I'm a member of the Christ Community Church. Um, in Houston, and uh, one of the biblical counselors there, uh, just as my wife and I volunteer, we typically uh, will uh, counsel couples, um, whether that's premarital, pre-engagement, marital, and sometimes um, my experience has also been on the, the um, life-dominating sin addiction type of counseling. Well, thank you for that ministry. And this is a this episode is one of those in the series where we're talking about regional networks. And I wanted to talk to you because you, a few years back, had actually contacted the BCC and we're talking about how to uh, foster and grow and develop something along those lines. And through our conversations, we found out we had some good friends that we'll be talking about as well. Uh, but thanks for for doing that as well. And why don't you tell everybody what 
what that looks like and what is the Houston Area Biblical Counseling Network? Yeah, so we are a regional network of biblical counselors, or I would say, or those interested in biblical counseling. Um, We get together four times a year and enjoy fellowship, uh, development, and it really serves as like a channel for communications, like whether that's regional communications or national communications, and then ways to hear about other conferences and training and to kind of get a pulse on what's happening in the Houston, um, southeastern Texas region. Oh, that's fantastic. And what what made you start this? Well, um, actually, uh, so our mutual friend, Steve Mahorter, my wife and I moved out here from Northern California in December of 2015. And Steve Mahorter is one of my mentors, and he said, you've got to start a regional network. You want to find out where the biblical counseling is? Uh, you need to start contacting people. So that's what I did. I uh, started looking at websites, and uh, Curtis, to be honest, when I looked at it, I was like, well, where is all the biblical counseling? Uh, coming from um, the West Coast, it, you know, North Creek had this really strong um, counseling training and they seem like to be a beacon of counseling. And I was expecting, I was coming to, uh, Houston thinking, man, I'm just going to find it at every church. And that is not what I found. So Steve said, well, you just got to start contacting people. And that's what I did. And I found some, some of the legacy members in the biblical counseling world. Um, I met with um, Dr. Nicholas Ellen and Don Curran, some of these people that have been doing the counseling in the area for years. And I said, I have this idea. I want to get together. What do you think? And uh, they were supportive. So that's, that's how we started. March of 2017 was when we kicked it off um, at our, at the church that I'm at now, uh, the pastor, um, Michael Boys was open to it. And so uh, Linda Ayers, who'd been around the area for a long time, um, she said, I will host. And that's how we got there was I there were probably just a, maybe a handful of us at the beginning. So. Yeah, well, that's fantastic. Uh, and thanks for taking the initiative. I know Steve has been uh, a huge resource for a lot of people uh, and has been a catalyst for a few <laughs> of these types of things happening. I remember when we were in Atascadero and we were looking at starting a counseling and training center, not a regional network, but he was one of the people that we reached out to and just a wealth of knowledge and excited for uh actually to have him be a part of the series too. So that'll be really exciting. Uh, so what do you see? You guys meet four times a year. What do you see as the mission of this network? Yeah. So it's really based. I'll read it too. We exist to provide a consolidated source of information for training opportunities and, su- and support uh, fellow biblical counselors in the greater Houston area. But I think the biggest thing is, we actually provide a place of fellowship and a almost like a point of refuge for counselors that are doing it in their cafeterias where they are by themselves as counselors. Uh, It may be very large churches, but um, a lot of, there is not a lot of visible biblical counseling ministry on churches' websites. And it can be, it can be a lonely experience if they don't have a, formal counseling ministry. And that is kind of the, it's probably the thing that I really wanted to actually do the most is, is find a place where people could say, Hey, I'm not alone. And, um, God's word is sufficient. 
and I, I can open it up and one-to-one um, teach people in crisis um, and help them apply it and expose the word to them and allow the Holy Spirit to convict them. And that's really what I wanted. So I thought, might as well start. There you go. Yeah, that's one of the things, as I've had these conversations with different leaders in, who are putting together these networks, is some some are very, very focused on we're going to just do training. Others are very focused on this is a fellowship time. Others, it's, uh, uh, yeah, there's just a variety of things. And sometimes it's it's all of them. Sometimes it's really narrowly focused. What ha- And you, you mentioned that fellowship kind of resource, uh, safe haven, refuge for the, the counselor. How do you, what do you actually do when you get together in those four meetings to accomplish that? Yeah. So, um, most of our time together, it's a two hour time slot, nine to 11. Uh, you know, it's like the, um, every four months, uh, we provide an in-depth discussion on a relevant case and uh, some resources to support that discussion. Uh, we, um, at our previous meeting before this last one, uh, we talked about, um, transgender and identity, um, because sometimes our counselors would not normally see this and, um, we would, you know, you read a book like counseling, the hard cases, you think I just can't do it, but all of the cases now are hard. So like, how do we actually show them? And so what I'll do is I will typically write a case study, um, and it, whether it's adapted or um, taken from something. And sometimes I will take actually a secular case and actually extract it to actually say, how would we deal with this? How would we honor um, uh, God in actually, if someone came to us in wanting to know, uh, you know, typically a parent or maybe even the teenager, how do we do this um, and talk about those things? So we, most of our discussion is around a case study. The other pieces around, you know, when the conferences are, we actually used to have an, uh, a segment called counseling room practices. Like what do you do in the room to kind of demystify it for some of the people that were going, Hey, what do you do when this happens? And what do we, you know, what kind of challenges, but we, we actually focus it on a particular thing like fear, anxiety, um, you know, we did the sort of the gender identity as a topic so that people will know, Hey, look, this is a topic of interest. And we try to actually sort of say, Hey, what is happening in the churches? Um, how do we actually um, deal with some of those cases? Um, and, you know, there's always ones that you could go to, but uh, there are plenty of opportunities and that's what the people really like. So we, we have to keep it practical in terms of what would this be like? And, um, let's talk about it. And uh, they love that part because they hear so many different ways to um, attack a problem or to really um, listen or to really sort of understand the heart of the counselee that way. That's really good. So you're doing a lot of case, really, it sounds very like a very interactive case study. And then through that, how do you foster um, the fellowship and the encouragement side of things? Yeah. Um, So, we recognize that kind of, um, so we have a, we have group, we have all the uh, technology, um, during COVID we did, um, we did meetings, um, on zoom. Um, and we've now just kind of moved away from that, but, um, we, um, we have actually a roster of all of the people that are willing to be on a roster and share. 
um, like, hey, these are the people, this is their geographic region, this is the church, we have a separate tab for just the churches, um, and these are the maybe their certifications or maybe particular interests. But I think the roster is actually probably one of the greatest resources for people to say, hey, who else is available? Where are they at? Where are the, what church are they at? How can I direct them? Um, and um, so we try to foster the fellowship, the, the time that we meet, um, the regular communications, whether that's through email or um, a group me sort of blast. Um, and then um, just during that time, we will have food because that's a great communicator uh, and, and just leave it. And then people need to talk and they come from all over the Houston area for as long as they need to. Um, and um, that's what we will offer. So we have a website um, as well, but it's, um, it's really the time together that seems to be the needle mover on some of their growth and development. So you're not sitting there just for two hours discussing the case study, but you'll do the case study, share a meal. And then it sounds like it's really fostered communication and fellowship outside of just those four meetings really well. Yeah, these are the same people that are going to the conferences a lot of times. Um, but, uh, you know, in a big metropolitan area like Houston, there's challenges with languages. Um, oftentimes we will get people that are like, hey, does anyone speak Spanish who, you know, we have, this is what we have in our sort of, we have Spanish, Chinese, Dutch, Arabic, French, and Korean. And, um, you know, those are all, whether they're certified, some of them are not certified. Some of them are in process in, in some particular, but this is like one of those things that, you know, if there are no resources, how do we actually serve this person coming to our church looking for something? Um, and, uh, sometimes people will get a case um, at a particular church and they may not have any experience and they just, the person is open and willing to go anywhere or, um, and so, you know, I have counseled a, a gentleman, um, and, uh, just really fascinating. Um, and I just would have never, never have met this man otherwise. Um, and, um, and it's been through the network. And so for that, I just, give glory to God that he's able to connect people in different ways through technology where I don't, I don't know how it would have happened in the past. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you mentioned earlier for people who might even just be interested in biblical counseling, because some, some, some of the networks will be more closed, um, you know, certified counselors only so that they feel a little bit more freedom and confidentiality there. But other, other networks, and it sounds like yours, leave it kind of open-ended. Anybody can attend. Uh, how, do, how do you get in touch with people who are just finding out and getting interested in biblical counseling, and how do they connect with you, and what's the result? Um, so um, just had a person recently just send a request in through our website, to say, hey, I'm just interested. I have some questions um, and can offer them to come to the meeting. Uh, and then they can experience it themselves. Or if they have a question they would just want to talk about, they're welcome to reach out to me or I'll respond and we'll get together or um, maybe just talk on the phone. Um, we did, in the Houston area, did CDTs for several years in a row at, at Bethel Church in Houston. And uh, I would go each um, session and just share a little bit, say, hey, this is what we are. This is what we're trying to do. If you would like to be a part of our 
um, distribution list, we'd be happy to invite you. And we did get some people that have um, stuck around and stayed some, um, but, but we also found that there wasn't a lot of traction. Uh, and I just recently, so we've been together for five years. And so recently I just went back out and I said, Hey, if you are not, I am not offended if you have moved on or done something else. Um, we, if you want to still be on this, please let me know, tell me where you're at. Let's update the list. Um, and, uh, and so we went from 150 plus to uh, less than 50. Um, so we're just refreshing and, but we're always open. We, we have in particular, there's one lawyer that I'm thinking who does a lot of family law, mm. very interested in biblical counseling. We have actually, uh, uh, several lawyers in the council, but I mean, in, in the network, but, um, you know, he just says, Hey, look, sometimes I, I, I need a, you know, some people that will come to me just really need counsel, biblical counsel. Yeah. Oh, and absolutely. so we want them there, even though they may never have any interest in getting certified or doing additional, but they want to know, they want to hear those types of solutions. Um, and we just welcome him. So I, I, you know, we are all doing counseling in some way, shape or form. And whether it's good counsel or not so good counsel, we want to actually help them in their, in their disciple, disciple making no, absolutely. That's, that's, that's so true. Um, <clears throat> why, so how, well, first question, why is it important for the local church to be um, supporting efforts like this? Yeah. So um, I think the thing for me is, so we have about um, 20 plus churches um, on our sort of, Hey, these churches really actively support the book counseling. We had probably 40 something but we've kind of pared back down about half of them and only a really, maybe about 12 of those churches actually have a formal counseling ministry. Um, But the the other 20 have somebody in their church that is a, you know, that they would say, Hey, look, if you need biblical counseling, you need to go to, you know, Sally or, um, you know, John or Franz or whomever. And then, um, so a church that supports biblical counseling, even if it's actually not a formal ministry, is really important. And to find some of those people that are budding counselors or that just want to know, like, hey, how can I really, I love God's word and I want to share it with other people. How do I, how do, I do that um, with others? And sometimes I think um, people are surprised. Um, at um, Now, I have counseled people in all kinds of, I, I counseled a guy in a stairwell for a year. Um, and so in all different places and that I am, I am not unique. Uh, we have one lady who will counsel in the cafeteria. Um, she goes to a very large church in the area. The, the church has more of an integrationist view and, but she will counsel right there in the cafe. And, and that is actually um, several of our uh, network members are in that same place. So, um, and I would say oftentimes when it's explained, when biblical counselors will go to some of the churches um, and they're not trying to change the church or then um, they find ways to put these people into ministry and, help people that need it. Yeah. Yeah. I've never, I haven't met too many pastors who want less help, uh, caring for people (laughs) in their body. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really good. Uh, what, 
if somebody was thinking about starting something like this in their own area, what should they know? I, th- I think um, I, I, there is a video on YouTube uh, about a guy that's doing this crazy dance on the side of a hill and it's called how to start a movement. And um, I don't know if you've ever seen this video, but um, it, he, this, he makes two sort of says is um, treat people like equals and make it easy for them to follow. Um, so I actually kind of model that in terms of actually creating the network is um, make it easy for people to follow in terms of actually participating and volunteering and supporting the network. And, um, and, and we are all on our sort of learning how to be biblical, better biblical counselors um, in the network. And um, they may be doing it a lot longer. I mean, you know, Dr. Ellen is in our area. Um, you know, we, we have people that have been doing it for a long time. Um, but, um, so, um, that's probably the biggest thing is just sort of, uh, uh, create some structure and, uh, it, it can be repeatable. I, I like repeatable so people know what to expect. Um, and, um, uh, I don't just wing it. It's, it's a formal thing so that they can expect to hear the same thing, um, talk about the same thing and know that they're going to get good quality content. Um, I, I'm, I sort of work in the secular world and so do meet a lot of meeting facilitation. And I just actually just ask people like, Hey, would you like to come? And that's how we started. Um, and we started small and then just ask if there's anybody else that they know that they think would be interested. Um, and, and that's what we do. And we utilize technology. If there is so many new ways of connecting and getting RSVPs or, um, you know, that they just use for their family or other situations that can be repurposed for ministry. Yeah, no, that's, that's really helpful. I think it's helpful to, for people to understand you can start small, but yeah, be organized, be, have structure, um, figure out what's going to work in your area, communicate a lot and, and don't try to eat the, eat the cow all in one bite. Just take it one, one bite. <laughs> at a time. Yeah. And, and I, and I think, um, you know, I ask for feedback a lot. Um, tell me what's working, what's not. Um, and, um, you know, my wife is, uh, one of my main, uh, advocates and partners and, um, she'll say, you know, that didn't, that didn't go as well. Or let's see if we can actually modify it in some way, shape or form. Um, and you know, some things that if they're not working, that's okay. We're a mature, we're maturing as a network as well. Um, and I think there's some freedom for that because this is just a voluntary organization. We're not formalized. We are really um, just our hope is that people will grow as counselors. Yeah. So speaking of that, if somebody wanted to start this, I, one thing that was really clear, Steve uh, Mahorder talked to me about this years ago and everybody I've talked to has affirmed it pretty significantly that you need a point person. Like something like this has to have somebody who says, this is how I'm going to serve. I'm going to put some time and energy behind it. And that sounds like you in Houston. Uh, how much time should somebody dedicate to this or expect to dedicate? To it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, well, if you have the gift of administration, it doesn't take that much time. But if administration is hard for you, um, it may be more painful. Um, I do like to actually um, craft a case study 
and we have a pretty much boilerplate um, agenda that we work from. So it typically takes probably maybe 10 to 15 hours per quarter um, in order to put on um, the meeting. Um, and that's actually, I don't think it's a significant um, investment of time. It takes a little bit of resources, um, but it is definitely a, a joy. I, I, I do get anxious beforehand. I'm just like, oh, is this going to totally um, flop? How's this case study going to be perceived? But I'm always gratified with just, it is actually, someone will come and say, you know, it's just such a great privilege just to be able to talk to other counselors and hear how they would actually tackle a very um, real um, thing that's been pressing or to be able to share something. And sometimes the joy is in sharing their experience. Some of these uh, counselors, I won't say old, seasoned counselors in the area um, of someone just listening and, and sort of sitting at their feet and saying, how would you have, how would you deal with that? What would you say? Where would you present the gospel? Yeah, so. no, that's, that's really great. Uh, so how can people, if people want to check out the website, tell us the, what the website is. Yeah, it's HoustonAreaBiblicalCounseling.org. Um, there is a way to actually contact me at the bottom of the page. Um, you can also uh, send me an email, HoustonAreaBiblicalCounseling um, at Gmail. Uh, dot com and I, I'll get that as well. Um, and uh, it's a very basic website; doesn't have a lot on it. It will actually say when we have our next meeting, um, who we are, um, and also it has a link to other resources, like in terms of the the training that's in the area. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, well, especially as a volunteer effort, that's. A Really great to have resource for people there. Uh, and something if you're not in Houston, you can go check out and maybe think about uh, copying for your own area. <laughs> if you give them permission, right? So. Yeah, and actually, <laughs> um, I would be happy to, if you have a network, if someone has a network that they just want to talk to somebody or bring, or you can, I can call in to Yvonne, I'd be happy to do that too. Just to be able, uh, just to do what Steve Mahorder did for me or um, Dr. Ellen, or somebody else that just actually did that same thing, I'd be happy to pay it forward and just say, hey, have you thought about this or that? Oh, well, that's a great, great resource and a great offer. So hopefully some people will take you up on that. Well, we are towards the end of our interview. So I have a segment called Two Minute Favorites. And for our audience, I did not send these questions ahead of time. So Matt is going uh, totally... Off of off his own hot, yeah, off yeah. the cuff. No, no preparation for this at all. So, you ready for this? I am as ready as I'm going to ever get to be. <laughs> all right, here we go. Two minutes start now. What is your favorite food? Uh, ribs. What is your favorite color? Uh, purple. Favorite sport? Uh, baseball. Favorite sports team? The Oakland A's. Favorite candy? A red vines. Favorite gift you've ever received? Uh, just salvation count. Yes. Yes. Favorite, salvation. Favorite gift you've ever given? Um, boy, you know what? I would say I gave someone a Bible one time. It really meant a lot to me. Favorite word? Um, plethora. Least favorite word? Space. Favorite book of the Bible? James. Favorite book outside of scripture? 
uh, instruments in the Redeemer's hands. Favorite ice cream flavor? Um, Rocky Road. Favorite? If you had any, if you had any superpower, what superpower would you choose? <laughs> Flying. Uh, favorite movie? Hmm. Probably uh, Elf. Favorite Bible verse? John John three thirty. I have it in my wall. He must increase, but I must decrease. Mm, favorite animal? Um, a bear. All right. If your mother were to describe you in one word, what word would she use? Clever. What is something interesting you've done that most people have not? Most people haven't. Hmm. Uh, I've done a lot of acting. I don't know. All right. There you go. Well, two minutes is up, and I'll tell you what, for somebody who didn't have the questions ahead of time, you you knocked out more than most. So, (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know I could actually stutter and not answer them, Curtis. I thought you had to go through all of them. No, no, I've had, uh, I think the least number of answers in one episode was David Pallison, uh, because he kind (laughs) of wanted to tell a story behind everyone. And actually, we, we had talked about doing another episode of just him sharing stories of all of his favorite stuff <laughs> didn't get didn't get a chance to and then others who are super competitive who want to just get them all down wanna, yes but you're you're on the upper <laughs> end i was running out of questions so well done <laughs> well oh man ben, i don't know if a bear is my favorite animal but it's probably seeing as we were just in the grand tetons that's why i said it so there you go. Well, Matt Dodson, thanks so much for being with us on fifteen fourteen, and thanks for being a good sport on those two-minute favorites questions. Thanks, Curtis. Thank you for listening to today's episode of fifteen fourteen. If you'd like to find out more about the Biblical Counseling Coalition, you can visit our website at biblicalcc.org. Special thanks to our podcast engineer, James Wills, who does all the post-production editing to make this podcast sound so wonderful. Also want to thank my assistant, Carrie Felton, for helping to arrange these interviews. And a special thanks to Andrew Riddell, who composed and recorded the music we use on 1514. I hope you have a wonderful day.